0: Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network.
1: Into another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit here with Alex Arth 98.5 eSports Hub to break down an unfortunate week one loss for the New England Patriots with Tom Brady in the house, but the Patriots dropped their season opener 25 to 20 to the reigning nfc champion philadelphia eagles uh, on sunday and and alex it was kind of a coincidence that brady was in the building because it felt like a similar script here from what we've seen a lot in the post brady era where they come out kind of slow they dig themselves this really deep hole and then they you know start to pick it up but that early hole is just too insurmountable and then They have a few mistakes down the stretch and they just can't land that final knockout punch to complete the comeback. And that was another case here uh, on Sunday going down 16, nothing early. And then just not having that one or two plays they needed down the stretch to finish that thing off.
0: Yeah, Brian, it's, you can call me a fence sitter if you want. I'm sure some people will say this is kind of a bad take, but I think that All that game did was confirm the priors, whatever your priors were, because there was everything we we talked about positively and negatively existed in that game. Um, Like you said, it's who they it's both who they've been and a sign of who they can be, which is what we've said about this team for the last few years. I think that, you know, schematically it looked very different, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They did a lot of different things on offense, a lot of fun things on offense. The defense looked good. I thought they handled Jalen Hurts well, but in the end, they made too many stupid decisions, too many stupid, costly, untimely penalties, and that's why they lost. And it goes back to 2020 when they were doing this. Oh, it's uncharacteristic. They'll figure it out. And it's kind of become their identity. They're a, kind of a dumb football team. Yeah. In, 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 in the sense that like the penalties and, and, and stuff kills them like that. So, look, I, I, at the same time... It's these are mistakes teams make early in the season, uh, you know, lining up offsides, things like that. The problem last year wasn't that they made the mistakes week one, or even in 2021. The problem wasn't they mis- they made the, those mistakes in week one. It's that they were still making them in December. So here we go again: new coaching staff, new new roster, new year. If you want to sit here and say. You know what? It, it's all fixable. Look, they, you know, down two guards, down their number one receiver. They kind of moved the ball on the, the top defense in the league at points. And defensively, they played well. And if they just clean up the mistakes, they'll be a good team. Because I look at that, I look at what they did yesterday, just in a bubble. And that's like, hey, this is a team that has some problems, but most of them are fixable. This is a team that once they get into it, give them like a month under their belt playing together, and they'll be pretty good. But do they get the benefit of the doubt? Because I sat here and said the same thing last year. And I sat here and said and said the same thing the year before that. I'm sitting to my, I'm sitting next to Mike Catholic in the press box, assigned seats, after Jabril Pe- Peppers forces the fumble. He goes, do you think you're going to win it? And I said, I think they can win it. I don't think they will because I've seen them play this game time and time and time again the last three years, and they don't win this game. I'll believe they can win it when they do, and they should be able to win it. It's just weird because you have every right to be encouraged. I, I know I sound pissed. I'm encouraged, but I'm I'm it's almost like I'm pissed that I'm encouraged because I'm taking the bait again. Because I'm looking at that and saying they did a bunch of good things. I I know I'm in the minority on this. I thought for the most part Matt look Mac looked good. He made some costly mistakes, but from where he was last year, I thought he looked good. But if are we going to be sitting here in December and saying, man, if they could just cut down the penalties and if it wasn't for that one turnover, and if they could score in the red zone, if they could make a stop late, because we've been saying that Brian for three years, this game didn't prove or disprove anything in terms of what the 2023 Patriots are. It was just a reminder of what the 2022 Patriots were. And in that sense, it's frustrating.
1: It was an interesting point. How you said like, in the past years, they were making these mistakes late in the season, right? Because I think a lot of the right. games people were comparing yesterday to was like that Cincy game last year, yeah, which was in December. The Vegas game even last year, which was in December. Then even going back to Max, like rookie year, that game against Indy, which they got out, Indy got out to a big lead, and then Mac kind of got hot, but you know it was just too much, and and that was like after the bye late in that in that season too. So it, it is who who have they been, but. There were some encouraging things uh, offensively if we want to transition over there. I thought the Bill O'Brien system that kind of first look at that w- was encouraging. We saw a lot of stuff that we expected from him, a little tempo, the, the spread elements, and then the the formations he was using was <clears throat> uh, excuse me, the the big one, a lot of those bunch and, and stacked sets, it got a lot of wide receivers open. I think there was actually a, a graphic, might have been PFF, that the Patriots offense had like the most open receivers or the least amount of like covered receivers uh, in, in week one out of any team. So some some good signs from that Bill O'Brien system. And then you mentioned Mac, who it was 300 yards for, I think like the fifth time in his career and yeah. three touchdowns for like the fourth time in his career. So the stats look good, but it, it wasn't, I thought he was better under pressure, which, which we can also get into the offensive line yeah. a bit, which was a big thing after last year, but still some, just some issues, you know, he, he can not extend plays like he's not good out of structure, which we kind of knew and then still looked like some placement issues, which might've cost them some yards here and there. But that, that was kind of, the big things i thought bill o'brien and and mac there from week one
0: yeah so i thought on the offense as a whole that's what i was screaming for it to be last year multiple personnel sets multiple formations there was very little repetition in the offense which last year that's all it was was repetition yep. and they adjusted in game they were struggling to run the ball which isn't necessarily a surprise given their offensive line situation who they were up against so what did they do they kind of abandoned the run 54 pass attempts a career high for Mac, plus you add two more scrambles, plus you add two sacks. It basically threw the ball 60 times in a game that they were behind, but it's not like they were down 28-0 from the jump, right? They erased that 16-0 lead relatively quickly. The whole second half was one score game pretty much. So I liked what I saw from O'Brien. As for Mac, I thought he was great at moments, and I thought he struggled at moments. I thought those two drives at the end of the first half were excellent. Yep. Um, mechanically, maybe he was a little off, but you know what? The ball was still getting there, and if it, it's a results-based business, but at the same time, started cold, finished cold, and you can't be doing that. Uh, it's something that can get better, but it's been something we've been saying can get better for three years, and kind of the thesis point on this season for me is it, it times up for Mac Jones. Like, you got to go earn that contract. There's no more improving. You're here. I think – you know, When it comes to Mac in this game, there's a stat. It, it, people are like, oh, Brady would have won that game, which first off is a stupid-ass take. Congratulations. You've proved Tom Brady's better than Mac Jones. Hot take, artist. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. The Patriots never lost. Bill Belichick never lost when Tom Brady threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. So, I'm not saying, like, Mac played as well as Brady, but Bill Belichick had never lost getting this kind of production from the quarterback spot. But... And how many of those games did he punt on 4th and 17 in a one-score game? And how many of those games did he not take the points from the 17-yard line in an 8-point game? I, I, And how many of those games could uh, – I guess, yeah, Brady had to deal with some bad receivers. So I won't, But, like, you know, not no. getting the feet down, dropping passes. <laughs> I thought Max' best throw of the day was drop. That one over the middle to Juju Smith-Schuster, right? That was late in the game on a, it was – what is it, third down, four down fourth down? You know what I'm talking about? It was like a sliding catch. And it hit him oh, was that the numbers. It just Bourne? bounced off his chest. Born. Sorry. Born. Yeah. Bourne, yeah, Bourne. yeah you're right, you're
1: right. Looked like As, Slay, Slay might have got a
0: little, little hit on hit on his arm there or a KB. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. But, you know, that's not to make excuses for him. Like, he, he took a bad sack on a fourth down on one of the earlier drives. We had Kendrick Bourne wide open. He tried to extend the play, couldn't do it. So, what do you want to see? Do you want to see Mac Jones making strides from last year? Because you can absolutely see that. Do you still want to see him not doing enough? Like like that whole stat about the game when he drives? Do you still want to see him unable to finish a drive? Because you Mm -hmm. saw that. Whatever you wanted to see was there. It's encouraging, but it's been encouraging for three years, and we're still waiting on that payoff. So, look, I liked what I saw from Mac Jones. I'll, I'll say this, and I said this week one last year, and then things obviously changed, so knock on wood. If Mac Jones' performance was their biggest issue in that game, They win that game. They probably win it by multiple scores. That stat line you see at the bottom. If that's the biggest problem they have in that game. Brian, I feel free to disagree with me, but if, if we come away from that saying every, basically if what Mac Jones said was true, everybody played great, but me, and this is how he played. I think they win that game. So Mac can absolutely be better and he's probably going to need to be better, but I'm not going to sit here and say that that was on him at all. I I thought it was more on some of the coaching decisions that put him in bad spots. And then when he was put on in bad spots, he made bad spots worse, which was kind of what last year's team was. So again, it's that thing. It's it, 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 this game might as well have been played, whatever it is, January, whatever the week after the regular season at January 21st, 2022. Schematically, it looked different. And that is it. That is the one thing I will say is different and encouraging everything else felt textbook
1: 2022 Patriots. Yep, I'd agree with you. So do you want to talk
0: about those those coaching decisions here while you mentioned yeah. real quick? Because there were there were two of them and it was... there. So there were three. There's a third one that's not getting talked about, but we can get to the first two, and All then right. I want to add a third one.
1: So the first one, as you see on the bottom of the screen, Patriots elected not to kick a field goal, down eight with 932. It was fourth and three from the Philly 17, so it would have been you know fairly you know 35 40 yard field goal would have been in range there pretty pretty easy field goal then the other one was with just over i think it was 217 left in the fourth it was fourth and 17 after that delay of game on fourth and 12 and that was just right over midfield they went for both of them they didn't get either of them and they walked away with no points so how are you kind of feeling about those decisions? And what was that, that third one that you had that no one was talking about?
0: Um, So the fourth and three, I, I would have kicked it, but I do think there's a fair argument for, for going for it. At the same time, I always say on any of these type of decisions, uh, the decision to go for, it's only as good as the player going to call. Yep. If that makes sense, right. Even if you think you should go for it, if you don't have a play, you believe can pick up the yards what, what's the point, right? So I look at that fourth and three. I didn't mind going for it. What bothered me there was on third and three, they're averaging like three yards a carry outside of Mac Jones scrambles against that Eagles front. And you go up the gut on third and three with Ezekiel Elliott, went for no yards. They, they pretty much had given up to the run on that point and then brought it back right there. So that's more O'Brien than Belichick. Didn't love that. Fourth and 17, that's all on Belichick. First off, don't take the delay game. Call a timeout. Yep. You're you're driving. I, I believe they were driving to take the lead at that point, right? Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, that was after the uh that was
0: 25-20, right? So yeah. you're driving to take the lead. You don't need those timeouts. You shouldn't be planning on giving the ball back, even if it is fourth and twelve. Uh and that's by the way, after the Kendrick Bourne drop. So some missed execution there. Um that one fourth and twelve is borderline. Once you're going to take the delay game, which again you never should have done. Once you can take the delay game, you have to punt that ball. What's the difference at that point? Yeah, you play the Baringer's punting well. Congratulations, by the way, Brian. I thought he was Thank very you. good in this game. Thank you. Pin the ball or pin them back, and you probably get better field position going back the other way. You're going to burn your timeouts anyway. Um, the real one, the one that really bothered me though, was actually the one in the final minute when they get the ball back after they stop the Eagles on fourth down. And it's third and thirteen. It just over midfield. I forget exactly where it was, but just over midfield. Third thirteen.
1: They, they threw like a screen to. They get, call a get...
0: screen pass to yeah. Ramondre Stevenson. That wasn't twenty twenty two pulling your hair out. That was twenty twenty one pulling your hair out. That was Josh McDaniels. A play that worked once in like the six times <laughs> they ran it all night. And then fourth and eleven. There's the out route to Kendrick Bourne and and uh, or sorry to Kayshawn Booty booty doesn't get the foot down max probably a beat late with the throw as well if you go back and watch it he double pumps there but i mean booty should still get the foot down but also run that play on third down run that play on third not fourth because that the reason i think booty didn't drag the foot is he was too focused on the sticks yeah he was too focused on getting the first down so if you run that play on third down he's a yard short all right and think qb sneaker or whatever you do something on fourth down like I don't know why you run that screen on third down. Yeah. That to me, w- and, and how often it's, or it's been a little bit, but how, remember we used to always, oh, screen, screen, screen. It was a little bit of that. So it was a smorgasbord of everything that's frustrated us the last <laughs> few years. It really was. But in terms of the decision, and some of this is on Bill. Some of this is on O'Brien. There's execution things in here too. You have a Kendrick Bourne drop on third down on a great throw for Mac Jones in this sequence. You have Mac Jones double clutching on the fourth down throw to Kayshawn Booty. You have him taking a bad sack on a fourth down in this sequence. Um, it all just kind of fell apart. Everybody, coaching, players, everybody, it kind of fell apart there at the end. But it again, it was it was one of those things where like I I've seen this before. I've they had three chances to win that game and they couldn't do it, and it wasn't new. So that's that's what made that all frustrating.
1: Yep. Bill said this morning, he said, uh, yeah,
0: that's right. Bill admitted he was wrong. The fourth and 17. Never here. He said he should have punted on the fourth and 17.
1: Yeah, that's the one he said he should have punted. I think on the fourth and three, I don't know if he said it last night or this morning. I think it was last night. He's like, you, you would have second guessed it either way. I don't really like, I'll never, um, be mad at them for being like too aggressive especially on like a fourth and three right we've been saying for right. years and bill's pretty conservative usually so we've been saying for years let's get more aggressive let's go for it more so i won't blame them so much there but as you mentioned like let's dial up a better play call than than what they went with and then yeah that that that's a good point too on on that final drive that screen on third down that was it, i just didn't like that call and it led to that that booty play there at the end which I don't know. I don't. I don't want to get at booty, booty too much there because he he never really played outside at LSU. But well, there were two instances on that sideline. He had that other one in the first half, I believe, where it was kind of yeah. down down the left sideline, and then that same thing at, to the end, end the game there. But and
0: Mac double clutches the ball there too. That doesn't help. You know, if he gets yeah. it beat earlier, he has a little more time to keep the feet in. So it was, I, all around, all around, just wasn't the, yep. the execution wasn't good enough.
1: So do they win that game with Devontae Parker? And that's they spot? might.
0: They might Uh, they really might yep honestly tyquan thornton they might he's taller he's taller he's gonna have more leverage in that ability to get his i I know that he gets open i guess but um (laughs) yeah they were you you saw the injuries uh, pile up in this game
1: yep that might be uh blame the roster construction more than uh booty there but
0: it's, it's 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 booty. It's Mac. It's the roster construction. It's the play call. It's, it's just all it was all everything. bad. It was all <laughs> bad.
1: Yep. All right. But let's transition to the let me pull it up the offensive line because so that was the big question mark going in and it got worse about an hour before the game with Cole Strange and Mike Unwinu both inactive. So they had to start rookies city so and antonio mafi there at the left and right guard spots i don't know it was about what you expected maybe i thought it was probably a little better than expected i think mac was only sacked like twice but i think philly had a 31 percent uh pressure rate i know some of the individual pressure numbers weren't great for the rookies and calvin anderson but you're talking about two rookies and a guy who didn't play all training camp against the the best defensive line in football. The run blocking was also kind of a mess, but uh, I don't know. What were your kind of takeaways there from watching the offensive line?
0: I thought they were down for two sacks, but I mean, either way it was, it, it was an impressive performance. Um, yeah. Two sacks, but I, in the passing game, it was impressive in the passing game. They held their own and you even had some deeper developing patterns and they were able to hold up. I have got to give a, uh, Mac Jones, some credit here as well. It, it, there was one thing I thought he did consistently, even kind of late in the game. He was adjusting himself in the pocket. He was handling pressure. There was one throw he made. Which one was I don't remember which one it was, but like Jordan Davis is right in his face, in his face, and he just on a rope to this probably Kendrick Bourne. That's who caught like all. <laughs> uh no, no. It, that one was to Demario Douglas. But uh, I thought Mac Jones handled the pressure super well when it came. Maybe part of that was he... Handled it. You know, he wasn't getting pressured as much as maybe he thought because he was definitely a little sped up early. And then he, I I, th- I thought he settled down a little bit. So, um, passing wise, they were good. They were good. And that surprised me. Run game, not so much. Yeah. Especially in between the tackles, it wasn't there. Now, like you said, two backup guards, two rookie guards against this defensive front. What did you expect? I, I, it, w- it wasn't good, but I don't think it was anything that none of us, I don't think it should surprised anybody. That they couldn't run the ball on a day like that, in terms of the matchup. So we'll see what it looks like when they get the guards back. I thought Trent Brown looked good, so that's obviously massive. Yep. And they didn't have to do too much in terms of leaving six in a protect or anything like that either. So that was that was helpful. That was encouraging, I think. Um, And and now we just kind of see what the deal is with Michael Winu and and Cole Strange. Yep,
1: I'd agree with you there. It was. I mean, when we got the inactive lists. We were thinking, like, Mac's going to be on his back all day, right? Like, right. Six, eight sacks. Like, that's where we were thinking. And the fact that they held up for what, for what, for what they did, it, it was, I guess, pretty encouraging there. But, uh, you mentioned no, not a lot of room in the run game. Uh, a lot of, Z, good amount of Zeke. I think he was like 35% of the snaps. Mondre was 72% of the snaps. Uh, 18 touches for Mondre, 12 touches for Zeke. Both had a, good amount of catches you know we mentioned a lot of those screens so Mondre had six catches zeke had five we also got a lot of that pony look right with both of those guys in there so is that what you kind of expected that split to look like it wasn't really there didn't seem like there was any like rhythm for the split right it was just kind of like we talked a lot about are they going to go drive by drive or third down back it seemed like a lot of just mixing and matching you know whenever so uh, what did you kind of think of that that backfield split and those pony looks created? You know, I think think some big plays on the ground there too.
0: So I I don't think you can look at it in a bubble. I think you got to look at the whole picture. And they 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 were in however we want to count Ty Montgomery like they were in o three personnel on the first drive. Like I think it was the second play of the game. They're in o three with Pharaoh Brown split out wide, and then they're coming out and. Um, I think they came out in 10 at one point. They were in a one a few times, like depending on how you want to classify time Montgomery. It was madness. <laughs> like you said, the two running guys, every play, boom, boom, boom. And they're doing it with tempo. And it was, it was everything I wanted it to be Like <laughs> for the last two years. That was great. And you could tell the Eagles were uncomfortable because they had to make substitutions and they had guys coming in and out and they had to kind of react on the fly. They've got to keep building on it. Because now it's on tape and you're going to start to build preferences, uh, tendencies. So I don't know where you go from here. It was done at such a high level, which is super exciting. But I, that I, again, there were some things in this game that were really encouraging. There were some things in this game that were like encouraging, but they've been encouraging for the last three years. That's one that I look at. And I'm like, all right, I can buy into this. If this is what it's going to look like with these rapid wild substitutions, I mean, they're using... Last year, you had either Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar. There was one game, at least one game, or in every game, at least one of them was like a 90% usage rate guy. Yep. And Bourne played 90% of the, uh, the time last night, but everybody else, I think, was like 60 and below. I mean, they were really mixing and matching everybody. If you don't have that top end coverage dictating pass catcher, that's how you do it. Yep. That is how you compete in that situation you get you put them in a blender all of a sudden there's three tight ends on the field and Ezekiel Elliott and they're geared up to to stop the the run and then the next play you're going five wide with four receivers and they've got to quickly adjust to that that's what i think uh that that's what's going to unlock how high is the potential of this offense i don't know but that's how you reach it
1: it was that i mean that first drive of the game when they were running in and out and running tempo like that was just madness. Like I was trying to chart the personnel yeah. and I just couldn't do it. it and then you add the Gasicki and the Pharaoh Brown and the Ty yeah. Montgomery. It was just, I mean, that first drive was mad. It
0: really was. I mean, right. Before, until up until the interception, like, this looks different. This is great. Like yeah. the interception, it's it, horrible timing again, but like <laughs> you're like, and Max said he made no good throws on the first drive. I don't think he made any bad throws until the pick. Like they were, you know, he's just kind of, Working his way down the field, checking down, hitting open receivers, nothing wrong with that. And I'm like, this is every single thing they didn't do last year. And you saw it in spurts, you saw it at the end of the first half. You saw it on that drive in the in the fourth quarter. I thought, you know, two of his best throws with the touchdown passes to to Henry and to Bourne. It's just they did it for probably what, 35, 40 minutes? Yeah. They got to do it for 60 minutes. That's what it comes down to. It's who who is the real offense? Is it the 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 end of the first half or the end of the second half. And if they're doing that personnel stuff, it should give them the advantage. It's just, let's see if they can do it consistently.
1: Yep. So you mentioned the the wide receiver snap percentages there. Juju Smith-Schuster finished uh, 54% of the snaps. He had four receptions, 33 yards on seven targets. You mentioned in our game preview that if he wasn't playing 90% of the snaps, then there might be some concern about that knee, right? Because we all know that, that knee, that report, that his knee might explode at any second here. And when he was out there, he didn't really look all that explosive. looked like he maybe lost a little bit, some of that burst. So are are you worried about, worried about Juju here after that Sunday showing?
0: A little bit. Yeah. I know, excuse me, Mike Reese was on, um, Zolek and Bertrand today, and and, and he talked about Juju's status. Uh, that's, it's a guy they need. And, yeah, I'm concerned because they they generally, when they pay the guy in the offseason, they play him. That's what it was with Devontae Parker last year. Yep. So I do think there might be something up. I also, he had that one play where he caught the ball over the middle, picked up some yards after the catch. He also had a really bad drop on a third down. Uh, I didn't think he was particularly explosive yesterday outside of that one play. So, maybe he's not healthy he didn't look entirely healthy that's just eye tests that's not me hearing anything but that's definitely now something to monitor moving forward yep
1: that'll that'll be interesting to watch because as you just said that's the guy who got the money this off season and and will they play that or will they maybe go for someone like demario douglas who i thought what like he did in training camp he, he was getting open he was that little jitterbug out there and their best trio might when, when they're all healthy, their best trio might be Parker born and, and Douglas in, in the slot there.
0: Yeah. I, I thought Douglas was, was really good. I thought he was really good. I thought he looked, uh, he didn't look like a rookie at all. Yeah. And that's pretty much what you want to see. He lo- and he looked healthy after he's banged up there at the end of camp. So yeah, him born and then Parker booty will, will sort that out. But I, I, I think, Mario Douglas and Kendrick Bourne, but I, I thought Bourne was excellent uh, yeah. yesterday outside of that one drop. Those that should be max go to guys. Cause I think those, those that's their two most explosive receivers. They can create after the catch And Parker, I think gets a nod for the third. Cause you still want, even if you, you don't need every receiver to be explosive. You want a couple of them to be, but there, there's also value in having that six, three big body jump ball guy on the field too. You don't need three of the same guy, but I thought Douglas for all the hype around mm-hmm. camp, maybe we expect a little more volume just because we'd seen him so much in the slot role and what that role is in Bill O'Brien's offense. But for the volume he did get, I thought that the, it kind of, he kind of picked up where he left off in camp.
1: Yep. That's something that I could see increasing the volume because some of the, you know, positions where they were putting him in O'Brien's formations was like that playmaker, that guy who's going to win one-on-one that spot in the formation. So encouraging, encouraging, uh first performance how they were using him and then you know how he just looked uh you know running running the routes getting open there and, and yeah i would still think parker there i mean he's, they might have won there on that last if you just had him for that last booty catch right making that yeah. play uh, along the sideline. so that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out when everyone's healthy but more pop douglas would would always be a good thing but
0: that's also something we're like. Look, I was, across the board, outside of one guy who we'll get to, I was surprised with how much they played all the rookies. Everybody knows my take. I get frustrated with how little they generally trust rookies, how they tend to bury those guys. Douglas, Booty, we'll get to the defense. Keon White was awesome in this game. Christian Gonzalez on A.J. Brown. Marte Mapu had some important roles. Two guards they they went out and, and and put the rookies out there and there's still room to grow but it kind of tells me that they're going to build on this so i wouldn't be surprised if douglas's role expands as we get deeper into this thing like this is where he's starting from generally if he keep like if he keeps playing well guys like that in their system they're rewarded with more playing time so if he keeps this up i think you end up seeing more chances for him
1: yep i mean yeah 40 I, th- I think it was forty-one percent of the snaps in week. Yeah, one which after is not is about right. Yeah, after not, you know, they hit him in the preseason. Like that's a good, good starting point uh, uh, for for a rookie there. But you mentioned Bourne ninety percent of the snaps. Don't you wish they had a guy on their team like that last year to help their passing? Attack? Oh man, that- <laughs> if they
0: had a guy that could like catch the ball and take off like that, and had good chemistry with Matt, a good relationship with Matt. Yeah, where was he last year again? <sighs> uh he caught
1: one touchdown I think all year last year so he must have been doing something bad or whatever but two catches beats his total already and Hunter Henry awesome another one of those guys who we always say has that good chemistry with Mac uh halved his touchdown production from last year in this one so good to kind of see those guys what we saw in the practice field over the uh the summer right we kind of thought those guys might have big roles good chemistry with Mac translates over to the game field kind of looking like their 2021 self both of those guys
0: yeah yep yeah i thought they were they were good and yep
1: yep so uh any other i think that pretty much covers all the offense unless you had anything else there Uh, i think that was it all right so let's hear from our wonderful friends at fanduel and then we will dive into that defense a little more
0: Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss, FanDuel. Official partner of the NFL in Massachusetts. Twenty-one plus in present in MA. First online real money wager only ten dollars first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com/sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline MA.org or call 5050 for twenty four seven support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call one eight hundred GAM. One, two, three, four NFL Sunday ticket offer ends nine, 18, 23. no refunds terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV, YouTube TV, TV based plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded subscriptions renew, cancel anytime.
1: Who you got tonight? Jets or bills?
0: Uh, I think the Jets, my, my concerns with the Jets are more, are they sustainable? I, I, can they get through a full season with this hype? But I think week one at home, I I think they have the more talented roster. I the Bills without Von Miller, we'll see what Stephon Diggs looks like. I just I I think it's the Jets' night. I think it is. Uh, home
1: dogs over on Fanduel, two and a half point. Yeah, uh, dogs for the Jets. You can also, I know it's like stormy and rainy over there too. I think they were in like shelter and place in the stadium. But if you think, really? uh Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen are going to air it out. You can go over to FanDuel and uh, combine 500-plus total passing yards is boosted to plus 200 tonight.
0: Yeah, you'll still probably get that.
1: Yeah. So did you see – I think Schefter posted the video of, of like, the sky over there. It looks – I don't even know. It, it I, didn't, didn't, I didn't see it. Uh, it looked good, I mean, so.
0: looking outside here, yeah, I know here, it's yeah. a couple states Poor away, man. but I, I, I can imagine.
1: Yeah, so hopefully that game won't get delayed or anything. But – Back to the Patriots. We'll go over to the defense because the defense was awesome. Uh, And we finally got one of these performances against an elite quarterback. Whether you want to say Philly was rusty after not playing in the preseason. I know Nick Sirianni already said, you know, he wrote down in his notes he's going to play as starters in the preseason next year. But I thought the the Patriots defense was really good. And there were three kind of things we identified on Thursday on how to stop stop them. And it was, you know, be good on the early downs in the run game, get them into third and long. They did that. They got pressure on Jalen Hurts, which was the second one. And then the third one was take away the deep ball. And I thought they did all three of those things really well. They were good against Hurts in, in Philly's run game. And I, I thought it was just a really, really good game plan by, you know, Belichick and Mayo. And they executed it really well.
0: Yeah, their their rush plan was fantastic. It's exactly what we talked about pressure him knock him off a spot, and then when he runs, have a spy waiting so he can't take off. That's exactly what they did. They were able to to kind of keep him contained to one side, not let him roll out the backside of the pocket so the spy could cheat that way. Keon White was a huge part of that. Awesome. Huge part of that collapsing that pocket from the edge. Matthew Judon, Josh Uche, very good as well, but wasn't their first career game, so we're going to highlight Keon White in this case. Um, and Matt Judon's one sack. I don't think I've ever seen anybody less blocked. Not to take anything away from Matthew <laughs> Judon. And I I think he even said after the game, he was like, there's nobody there. But I don't think I've ever seen anybody less blocked than Matthew Trudon was on that sack early in the game. Um, The the game plan was excellent. That kind of easier said than done thing, they did it. And I even thought in the secondary, A.J. Brown kind of bit him up over time, seven catches for 79 yards. But I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised at all if the the coaching point there for Christian Gonzalez was just don't get beat deep. If he wants to catch slants as long as you can step up and tackle him let him catch slants. And that's what happened. And I thought Gonzalez was competitive as a tackler, which was one of his big question marks coming out. He had a sack, which was kind of crazy. Uh, I I thought on the other side, Jonathan Jones held up well against Devonta Smith. So they didn't, I I don't think they missed Jack Jones in this game, which, which was big. Uh, I, I thought for the most part, the defense was good. There were sort of two glaring errors that we can get into, but I thought the defense had a plan. It was a good plan and they executed it. I pretty much, you know, a given a minus, uh, almost like it wasn't perfect, but it was as close to perfect as you can get without being perfect against that team, against that offense. I mean, they essentially allowed, what is it? Uh, I have to do math in my head here now. Um, 18 points when you take out the pick six and then the
1: touchdown well, drive started. It was, it like was, the it was a touchdown
0: drive off the fumble, right? So take off another six points. So, 13, 25, 50. They essentially allowed 13 points. You should wait. When your defense plays like that, you should win. Yeah. Plain and simple. When your defense, the offense, like the offense didn't do enough. When your defense plays like that, you should win. That being said, uh there were pretty two pretty big penalties on the Patriots defense, both on Dietrich Wise. First drive of the game. I think it was the second play of the game. Eagles would have had a third and long off a botch snap. Dietrich wise lined up off sides, completely avoidable penalty. You can't be doing that. And then uh, on a first down early in the game, he got called for a defensive hold and like a weird, I don't understand how he was holding there. I don't understand why. So those are two big, pe- especially that first one. That first yeah. one's a major, that's a, I mean, they ended up holding him to a field goal, but uh, it is three to really should have been a seven point penalty. Outside of those two play and again, this goes back to that thing where if two penalties is all you're gonna nitpick the defense on for week one.
1: Good good performance.
0: A good place to start. Wait. Now, all right, get rid of those penalties. And that was that one thing they couldn't do next year, so we'll see.
1: Yep. Uh you mentioned Gonzalez so I wanted to talk about him because he went wire to wire. He played the whole game, which back in april when we were talking draft and we all said like whoever their first round pick is let's get him playing 80 90 of the snaps so that was that was good to see him out there the whole time and i thought he i thought he was really good i know a lot of people might like pff has him graded as their worst cornerback and that's pff right the numbers don't look great but it was a lot of that we're gonna play off coverage yeah. and we're gonna like you said give up those slants to aj brown and then he came up and made some tackles There was that one late in the game. It was like a third and 11, third and 12, and it was that exact type of play, like an off-coverage slant to A.J. Brown. And he gave up the reception, but then he came up and made the tackle to force the punt. And then that fourth down play to break that pass up to Devontae Smith was just an awesome play. So I thought you know Christian Gonzalez checked all the boxes there and kind of looked like that that corner that we all expected him to when, when he got
0: drafted. I would say on the PFF grade, people should know this. They only grade on targets. So yeah. if you lock a guy up down the field and he doesn't get thrown on, you don't get graded on that throw. And there were times he was running with and, and, So this is interesting. They played sides. They didn't play match for the most part. They did a little match. I think they did match on third down, but they played side and like Devonte Smith too. I thought he was competitive on. Yeah. I, I think Gonzalez executed the game plan they wanted him to execute. I, Ideally, he gets to a point where he can take away both the underneath stuff and the long game, but first career NFL game against A.J. Brown, this is just sort of what you had to do. You sort of yeah. just, you know, it's that cliche. Those guys get paid too. That's one of the NFL's elite receivers up against a rookie in his first game. You kind of got to be like, yeah, he's going to get his, and you want to limit those, and I thought that's what they did
1: yep tough first test but i thought he did well and john jones too i think he only allowed you know in the stat like the stat book like one or two catches there so good good performance from those corners there but uh you mentioned keon white i mean he was taking it to lane johnson yeah like lane johnson is one of the best right tackles if not the best right tackle in football so he had uh 13 uh True, like, pass rushes and, and had four pressures. He, he was awesome. Uh, Christian Barmore was a beast on the inside. I think ESPN had him as, like, their fourth highest in, in pass rush win rate uh, from the entire week one slate. So he looked really good, and then Judon looked like his usual self there. So they got to Hertz like, 42%, 40, 41% of the time. So, like we said, you know, get to Jalen Hurts, knock him off his spot, and he, he's human, and they were they were able to do that. Uh, with a good pass rush on Sunday.
0: And just on Keon White specifically, I mean, as long as he's beating Lane Johnson, he's bull rushing Lane Johnson, who is great against that. Like, you generally don't run through Lane Johnson. You got to go around him. Keon White's going through him. So all the reason in the world to be super excited about Keon White. He was fantastic in this game. And you add him to Uche, to Judon. Barmore is pretty good, too. I, I think he didn't pick up a sack. The, you know, the, there were a couple, he's right there. He's creating good in the pressures. He
1: had some good uh, moments in the run game too, which was, that too,
0: which is big. So I, I thought the defensive front across the board played very well, but I mean, again, you high, you highlight Keon white in his first career game.
1: Yep. Um, there were some low snap numbers. I thought I wanted to get your take on this. Mapu played nine, which I mean, it, it's a rookie, but I think we both would have liked to see him a little more. And then, Adrian Phillips had 17 and Jalen Mills only played nine snaps. So do you think that's just game plan week one and that'll, that'll change as we move forward here? Or or what'd you kind of have any opinions on on those low snaps for some of those veteran guys and Mapu
0: Jalen Mills to me feels like a game plan player. Yep. So I think it became pretty clear quickly. The Eagles were not going to use the tight end in this game. So don't need Jalen Mills, right? And the other guys, I mean, you, you got to take some guys off the field to get Mop who snaps. I think they wanted him on the field. He was often in that spiral. They have so much talent. They, they're going to put the guys out who are the best fits for the game plan. I don't know that they, this was an Adrian Phillips game next week against Miami. Definitely is. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, I, I I, don't think I think there's going to be very little consistent. Like Gonzalez is going to be a 90% usage Drake guy all season. Judon's going to play every third down. Bentley's not really going to come off the field. But, like, outside of that, I think you're really – they have the talent where they can really go match up based on defense.
1: I'd agree with you there. but And it helped that Jabril Peppers was playing awesome from the safety spot. He, he My was breakout really, player. Yeah. I mean, he had that one play. I forget when it was in that game, but, you know, the Pats went, like, cover zero, and he was just playing center field, and he went all the way over to that left sideline to break up a pass to – Devonte smith and then he obviously you know had the big turnover there at the end so yeah. he was awesome he's gonna have a really good year and you mentioned juan bentley we always just have to shout out juan bentley because he was awesome in, in the run game just doing his thing blowing up blockers and blowing up like jason kelsey-esque blockers like some so he he was really good in the run game because philly they they threw some of that like baltimore and chicago the, those gap runs that you know, the Pats got gashed on last year, but but they did a really better job uh, against Hurts to kind of slow those down. And Bentley was a big part of that.
0: Yeah, I again, I there's really not much you can nitpick with the defense outside of those two penalties. I thought everybody played as well as you expected them to play.
1: Yep, I'd agree with you there. But any other guys you wanted to shout out there? Anything defensively? Defense, that...
0: I thought John Jones played well. Uh, kept Devontae Smith quiet. I forget. I think I have Smith's numbers here. They weren't expansive at all um espn apps terrible (laughs) devonta smith seven passes that's very quiet seven for he did catch the touchdown but seven for 47 against an explosive player like that i think he did as well as you're gonna do um
1: pff had john jones allowing one catch on three targets for seven yards yeah he was he was
0: really good yep i'd agree with you there
1: uh miles bryant too he had a few Nice plays. Oh, he had that
0: one stick on A.J. Brown. So, at first, they put him on Quez Watkins, and Quez Watkins started beating him, and it's like, here we go again. They're putting Miles Bryant on the (laughs) fast slot receiver, and they clearly don't learn. And then they started just kind of having him in, in like, a a flat zone and having him just fire up and make the tackle, and he's really good at that. He took down A.J. Brown. That was a big hit. If Miles Bryant's going to be on the field, that's what he needs to be doing. He doesn't need to be manning up slot receivers. He needs to be playing, essentially, box safety and coming up and uh, diagnosing the play and making the tackle.
1: That was an awesome design too. That that play where, yeah, uh, Brian came up. I think Romo broke it down on the broadcast too. But it was like a Cover Zero blitz.
0: It's Cover Zero zone, right? Yeah,
1: but then they zoned it up in in the back end, which you know you usually don't. Do. I, I think it was like they went man on the verticals and zoned up the the crossers, which was. I think
0: they were just man across the board at the at the yard to gain, and so you're following those those verticals yeah. up out of that zone. But it was it wasn't in gauge eight because they kept four yeah. guys back. They basically just ran engage gauge seven with shallow zones.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a good design, which I think we also said Thursday, right? Like, let's see Steve Belichick and Mayo dial something up to, to get creative here with this defense that's so familiar with each other. So, yeah, it, it, it's tough to nitpick the defense when you hold, what we do? The adjusted points, like 13, 12, 13 points there to, to Philly. So, good performance, but... Hopefully the offense can win one of these games for them cuz that's now Owen Owen something when the other team scores, you know, 24 yeah. 25 points in the match. Mac Jones there. still only
0: has that one game winning drive, so he's got to break that. So Evan will shut up, but yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. But uh yeah. Any other last kind of last kind of thoughts there from the game? I mean, you touched about Bryce Baringer. We were robbed of the Chad Ryland game winner. So they kicked both of the field goals.
0: I'm I don't know about you, Brian. I'm a little nervous. Do they trust Chad Ryland, or did Bill keep the rookie kicker because he had to because he was drafted in the fourth round, and he's not going to use him unless he absolutely has to?
1: You think that played into the decision to? To go it's just
0: one week. I don't want to say. I don't want to stamp that as my take yet. But if we, from a traditionally very conservative coach, if we start seeing the same thing for like two, three weeks, I'll, he's going to get asked about it. Because if you're not kicking field goals, it's a logical question. Do you trust the kicker? This is a guy that does not trust rookies. Isn't had a rookie kicker in twenty years. I. It it was a it was very unlike him not to kick those field goals. Yeah. Now you could say maybe he knew he was up against a great offense. and He needed to go score. And there might be some validity to that. And if they come out next week and they're super conservative again, and they're kicking all the field goals, I, I just wasted, you know, two minutes of your time with the take. <laughs> I apologize. But if something changed and the kicker is one of the things that changed. So. it, it I, I don't know that he's right to trust him or not. I thought he was fine. And in the summer, he missed some kicks, but he's a rookie. He was about what a rookie kicker should be let's um let's see how they handle field goals the next few weeks because if they're not kicking i'm gonna look at it and say well then you shouldn't have taken him in the fourth round you should have taken a tackle and then just kept nick full
1: yeah i mean that was something i think we brought up in the in the preview right like will they they trust him if there's a big situation and the way that that looks you know from big picture it looks like they might yeah. not have trusted him. in the moment i just kind of thought they were playing like what if we don't get the ball back, right? Like we need the the touchdown. But it's something to something that's worth monitoring They've, going I'll forward. I'll say this.
0: Your logic there for going forward is correct. That has never been their it's, logic until this different. year. So yeah. is it and that's what I'm saying? I don't know. It might be O'Brien. It might have just been the opponent. Bill just adjusting the opponent. But it, the kicker changed too. Could have been the rookie kicker. You just you can't rule it out. Think
1: weather too? Anything had to do nah, with? No, the weather was
0: fine by then. Yeah, because I'll the, say that it was it was raining early. It was never windy, like yeah, at all.
1: that's true. The uh the flags weren't moving for all of Jake Elliott's big kicks there, but uh, yeah. I mean, next week we might be in a in a hurricane for the game. Yeah, that's gonna week be week. really
0: interesting to see what they do. Uh, I wouldn't make plans Friday or Saturday night. I that's not no insider information. I'm just that's generally what the NFL does when there's a hurricane. They move the game up a day or two. Yeah. or back a day maybe to monday depending on what happens but there's always the risk when we get back the hurricane's bad um but i it'll be interesting to see i haven't looked at the weather today but that yeah. is definitely something we're gonna need to watch going into next week
1: i think someone said today was like saturday morning was the worst now so oh, they might be okay then maybe they might be good but you know you Gonna go
0: two weeks in a row with no power watching college trying to watch college football
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's always uh we'll wait and see with, with the weather but yeah yeah that that Ryland thing will be worth monitoring especially as nick folk let off the nfl scoring for the titans uh yesterday yeah he, he had a good game in a dome down there in new orleans but yeah we'll, we'll kind of see how that that progresses so any other last thoughts from from sunday we can talk about matt corral quickly if you want to do that because yeah i
0: i'm good on the game i just saying corral i hope he's okay i know he's got a history um i I honestly like i've felt sick for him um since saturday i really have uh if, if he's going through it and i know he um he has a history of uh alcohol issues and um I think there's some mental health stuff there as well so i it's it's scary because that list that he's on this is not a oh we're gonna stash him like you need the league permission to put a guy on this list it's essentially the commissioner's exemplist but it's the team putting him on instead of the the league so um yeah i just I, I i hope he's all right and you know footballer no i hope he he gets the help he needs right now
1: yep it was good to hear bill say this morning that they the least been in contact with him yeah
0: i don't think like if he was missing like we if there was a missing persons report out for like at this point if nobody could find him there'd be a like it'd be a police thing yeah and he'd be a missing person so i'm gonna guess he's somewhere right like or uh, obviously he's somewhere they know what's going on i'm gonna guess they know why he, or at least have an idea of why he left the team they've talked to him about it but it's just he. For whatever reason can't be around the team right
1: now yep yep so hope hope he's okay obviously as you mentioned there there is some past history there stuff so hopefully he takes whatever time he needs and, and is all good from that mental health standpoint so we'll, we'll kind of see there but uh did you want to uh transition you can do you have any college football takes from the weekend? Do you um, want to I do. Quick? Quick college let me, get, football let me minute. get
0: that up. I think we should get a quick college football minute in here. Where is the, there it is. I'm um, I'm I'm worried about my boy Nick Saban.
1: Yeah. I'm worried. <laughs> Didn't look good.
0: I, he, why wasn't he mad? That's why was what, he not mad?
1: That's what I was saying. We were talking about me and Mike were talking about it today. And I'm like, he wasn't yelling at anyone. Like, where's the angry Nick Saban that we all know?
0: And I, they don't have the the talent they used to. I, Jalen Milrow can run. I actually think he's a decent passer. His biggest problem isn't that he can't throw; it's that he won't. He gets outside the pocket, and his first instincts to run, he's got to start throwing the ball more and and trusting some of these receivers. But right now, it's just I, I. They've got it. It's kind of like Bill with the rookies. They got two. Highly ranked freshman quarterback recruits. And I, I, I don't know that much about uh Longren or, or whatever the kid's name is, but Ty Simpson can play and they've got to give him a look and maybe it's too, too little too late now, but in terms of, you know, the college football playoff, uh, they didn't look great. Uh, I think Colorado looked good. I'm still buying Colorado no. all the way. Uh, I thought, Oh, well, everybody like Tulane this week, Tulane plus seven was a super hot pick. I had Ole Miss. Yeah, uh, they. I think they have. Is it this week or next week? That next week they have Alabama. Uh, that's going to be a good game. That's going to be a fun game. Um, how about the Pac-12 through two weeks undefeated?
1: Good conference. It's almost
0: like they uh, they should keep it together.
1: Yeah. All right. I gave you the Florida State by sell last week, so yep. we'll go Texas this week. I think you were buying – you you had them in your. Playoff. I had them in the playoffs. So, oh. so I.
0: As much as I'm bummed for my tide, I feel good about my Texas pick, and I feel good. I had uh, Taylor, Kyles, and Evan Lazar within two minutes of each other text me Saturday night, I love me some Xavier Worthy. Yeah. So, feeling good about that.
1: I was loving the start of that game, all those punts. Those were some good punts in that game. Good uh, good stuff. That's true, to too.
0: I, um, I, I just think uh, the other thing, too, like Ewers looked good. Um, the, the whole year of the quarterback thing. Yeah, we're in it. We're in so the air of the quarterback.
1: That was going to be my, you're buying them for the playoffs. So are you buying one of these offensive players now to the Patriots, whether it's Worthy, Quinn Ewers, one of these, one of these guys, Mitchell?
0: So you know who I really like? On Texas? Jatavion Sanders. Uh, oh, the, the, the hybrid tight end.
1: tight end guy? Yeah. Well,
0: he also plays, not only a hybrid tight end wide receiver, he was a four-star defensive line recruit. Yep. go watch the clips from him in high school. They're insane. You talk about just raw athletic ability, just j- just the ability to out jump, out run, out muscle. like he's bigger, faster, stronger than everybody on the field. He's he got awesome. that Brock Bowers thing totally going on. Um, so i I love what I saw from him. Um, yeah, i'm 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 buying. Uh, I'm, I'm buying everybody on texas really i think that they got a they got a really good football team it's just gonna be about consistency for them and and that's always been a problem with steve sarkisian teams they tend to have stinkers at the worst possible time if they can avoid that uh they're gonna be right up there they're gonna be right up there they're gonna be hanging around that top five six teams all year and is the big 12 good i mean oklahoma they've lit up some bad team what did they i'm trying to remember what they did this week i know that last week they like
1: they, uh uh BSMU twenty
0: eight eleven. All right. SMU's not that good. So they they should have won by more than that. TCU's fallen off. Baylor doesn't look very good. Um, who else am I missing in the Big 12 there? Oklahoma State's fine. Um, Let they pull it up. The point is they they should. I, I don't think I'm missing anything. Yeah, all I right. BYU, up. Cincinnati, whatever uh they're for kansas state's fine houston's fine down here for them texas tech's okay they should roll through the big 12. now they never do because it's texas and they'll embarrass themselves but they have no excuse
1: yep yeah is sanders eligible this year or is he one more year
0: oh he might not be actually uh yeah he was in high school in 2021 oh no he's a true junior
1: okay so yeah that, that would be he i mean
0: he was awesome against bama uh, yeah
1: Friday, saturday saturday night so he he would be interesting to watch but yeah texas texas looks really good quinn ewers is awesome some of those deep balls he were throwing was just beautiful so yeah that'll be good but all right that that was our college football minute there to wrap it up but patriots lose week one 25 to 20 and we now turn our attention to the miami dolphins next week who had a big win in la over the chargers in week one it's a pat the patriot game for back week so get all those those red jerseys i'm sure the tom brady red jerseys will be flying off the shelves down there today but Me and Alex will be back sometime later this week to break it down, so make sure you are subscribed to the Patriots Press Pass YouTube channel to know when we go live. But until then, you can follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Go read all his coverage from yesterday's game over at 98.5vSportsHub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at IambrianHines and go read all my coverage from yesterday over at PatsPulpit.com. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you guys sometime this week.
0: Bye.